Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Standing by. This is the conference operator. Welcome to the ECN Capital third quarter 2021 results conference call. As a reminder, all participants are in listen-only mode and the conference is being recorded. After the presentation, there will be an opportunity to ask questions. To join the question queue, you may press star then one on your telephone keypad. You'll hear a tone acknowledging your request. Should you need assistance during the conference call, you may signal an operator by pressing star and zero. I would now like to turn the conference over to Mr. John Wimsett. Please go ahead, Mr. Wimsett. Thank you, operator. Good afternoon, everyone. First, I'd like to thank everyone for joining our Q3 earnings review call. Joining us today are Steve Hudson, Chief Executive Officer, and Michael Lapore, Chief Financial Officer. A news release summarizing these results was issued this afternoon, and the financial statements and MD&A for the three-month period ended September 30th, 2021, have been filed with CDAR. These documents are available on our website at www.ecncapitalcorp.com. Presentation slides to be referenced during the call are accessible in the webcast as well as in PDF format under the presentation section of the company's website. Before we begin, I want to remind our listeners that some of the information we are sharing with you today includes forward-looking statements. These statements are based on assumptions that are subject to significant risks and uncertainties. I will refer you to the cautionary statements section of the MDNA for a description of such risks, uncertainties, and assumptions. Although management believes that the expectations reflected in these statements are reasonable, we can obviously give no assurance that the expectations of any forward-looking statements will prove to be correct. You should note that today's that uh, that the company's earnings release, financial statements, and MDNA, and today's call include references to a number of non-IFRS measures, which we believe help to present the company and its operations in ways that are useful to investors. A reconciliation of these non-IFRS measures to IFRS measures can be found in our MDNA. All figures, as always, are presented in U.S. dollars unless explicitly noted. With these introductory remarks complete, I'll now turn the call over to Steve Hudson, Chief Executive Officer. Thanks, John. Turning to slide seven, the service finance sale to Truist is scheduled to close in early December. A shareholder meeting has been called for December 2nd to approve a reduction in capital. As as we mentioned earlier, no no approval is required for the service finance transaction, just the form of dividend. The distribution will be paid to shareholders prior to the year end. Turning to page eight, we had an exceptional quarter. We're pleased to repeat report six cents of earnings per share, and service finance has now been reported as a discontinued business in the third quarter. We are reiterating our 21 and 22 guidance, which will be updated on Investor Day. ECN has obviously exceeded this quarter and will exceed the expectations in the fourth quarter. Originations for TRI over 48%, quarter over quarter increase, strong, remain on track for a billion dollar plus year in originations, operating income of 16 million in Q3. Backlog has continued. Builders are continuing to uh, to turn on at uh, additional or idle plants. I would reference for you the recent call from Skyline, which is a publicly traded U.S. 
manufactured home participant where they announced the opening of several new idle, sorry, not new, but several idle or mothballed manufacturing plants. Chattel and COP originations remain strong, and the pipeline continues to expand. Land home pipeline is at a record of 185 million. Funding, new funding partners year to date are tw 12 new funding partners. KG reported solid adjusted operating income of 12.2 million. We launched a significant new multi-year co-branded partnership program. We're pleased to announce that KG has entered into a partnership, a strategic partnership, with specialty lending company affiliated with Blackstone, and the first step in that relationship was a $450 million portfolio purchase with KG acting as the originator and manager. Consistent with this new partnership, ECN exited its credit card investments, which were also sold to specialty lending company. John will speak to this in a moment. We believe that this initiative validates ECN's investment in our credit card investment management business. Turning to page 10, as I mentioned, 16.2 million of, of operating earnings this quarter, originations up 48%. We've added one new funding partner in the quarter, industrial back, industry backlogs that now extended to nine, nine months plus. We're maintaining our guideline, a guidance of 1 billion plus of originations in 21. Turning to page 11, strong growth in both approvals and origination during the quarter. We've also continued to <clears throat> expand our new and improved product launch so-called make share that we use is a term we use throughout our business and we're at adult drive incremental growth in 22 and beyond slide 12 shows you a, a slide of our menu of, uh, of services and products that we offer this was also in the q2 deck i think it's interesting to note that over half of this these initiatives have been have been launched since ecn has made its investment in triad turning the channel update the docs up which are deals that have been approved signed and, and, uh, and uh, our waiting delivery of a home remains at, at, at elevated levels. Both this backlog and the backlog and approved land home uh, <clears throat> gives added credence and strength to our 2022 guidance. Page 13, sorry, 14, dealing with the land home update. We continue to see record approvals both in volume and a growing pipeline and we officially launched the FHA product in 21, which will also drive our higher originations. You know, I, we will guide you at investor day to the high end of our billion five for originations for this business. Turning to page 15, assets held for trading remain at a very modest level. You, you can anticipate that this level will remain in the 30 to $50 million range. On 16, portfolio credit trends remain exceptionally strong both in delinquencies and charge-offs, that bodes well for 22. 17 is a slide you've seen before. It shows the, the growth quarter over quarter over the last, uh, last five years. On page 18, the triad outlook, where we're redating our guidance for 21 at 43 to 46. Obviously, we're going to be up above the 46 slightly. Continue to expect originations of an excess of a billion our core market is growing and our new products are fully launched. We're reading our guidance for 22 of 57 to 65. We will be at the top end of that and we'll, we'll revisit with you at Investor Day in early 22. As I mentioned, our guidance for originations is 1.25 to 1.5. I would guide you to the high end of that range. I look forward to uh, having Matt and, uh, and Mike present to you at Investor Day. John.
Uh, thanks, Steve. You know, as we did with uh, service finance last quarter, as part of our ongoing commitment to uh, ESG, we, we engaged Sustainalytics to evaluate Triad's manufactured housing loan program. Sustainalytics specifically looked at Triad's contribution to affordable housing goals. Specifically, uh, they certified that Triad's originations financed the purchase of affordable homes and that the majority of Triad's loans satisfied bank CRA requirements under the Community Reinvestment Act. Uh, Triad's program creates clear positive social impacts by serving low and moderate income populations. And, the, um, and finally, these characteristics contribute to United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. A copy of the report is available on uh, Sustainalytics website at the link uh, provided here on, on the page and will be up on the ECN website under the presentation section. Um, with that, I'll turn to page 20 and, and, and move on to, uh, to KG. KG reported a solid Q3 with adjusted operating earnings before tax of $12.2 million, which is up around 6% year-over-year. Revenue was effectively flat, with improvements in marketing services and transaction services, and to a lesser extent interest in other, offsetting a year-to-year -year decline in the partnership services area. Partnership services decline is largely due to lower CCIM uh, balances year-to-year, -year as our initial investments were largely in runoff portfolios. Marketing services continue to ramp to around $3.5 million uh, for the quarter, which is up about 30% compared to last quarter as the rebound in marketing spend continues. As you'll see, a lot of new activity has occurred since the end of the, uh, of the third quarter. In Q4, we added a significant new co-brand partnership with a major Canadian bank. We also launched a multi-year CCIM partnership with SLC um, and closed on a $450 million card portfolio as part of that. In addition, we sold our existing credit card investments to SLC, completing our transition to a fully asset light business and validating ECN's investment in building out the platform. Page 21, Q3 saw a bit of a decline in the partnership services income. As stated before, partnership services decline is largely due to lower revenues as a result of lower CCIM balances year to year as our initial investments were largely runoff portfolios. The actual traditional core partnership revenues are up year to year uh, a bit, and um, that the volatility that occurs in the partnership services space is, is, is largely from, from two things. One is renewal opportunities uh, within the core partnership area, which can, can obviously be uh, fees that are earned more on a one-time nature, uh, as well as some of the variability around CCIM assets. Uh, which specifically um, can move up and down depending on the nature of, of the underlying portfolio. Importantly, uh, between the partnership uh, with SLC and our current healthy pipeline, we continue to, continue to believe CCIM will be a nice contributor and grow uh, well over the next several years. Uh, finally, we, look to, we continue to view the BASS or banking as a service opportunity favorably, and we are well along with our initial launch partner and looking to add other partners in 22. Moving on to page 22, um, after spending the time and capital to build the business, CCIM is an important growth area for KG going forward. The SLC partnership will, should accelerate that growth. We think that there is an opportunity to add in the range of one to three billion of assets annually across the platform. Management fees are generally between 75 and 100 basis points or three to six times larger than traditional partnership services uh, arrangements at 15 to 25 basis points. In addition, KG earns performance fees, which are typically a percentage return over a hurdle rate, and that can materially enhance revenues over time. So 
So adding a dollar in CCM assets is the equivalent of adding $10 or more traditional partnership assets, which is obviously quite attractive for KG. On page 23, we recall the timeline of, of the CCIM build-out. KG, KG recognized early that the market was changing and some typical bank-to-bank -bank transactions were no longer tenable, largely due to regulatory change or, or, or changes in capital charges. KG then pioneered the bank to institutional investor structure, which was unique and allowed KG to continue to, tr to transact where competitors could not. ECN worked with KG to build the platform by investing in its first four transactions alongside an institutional investors as well as in acquiring a platform and team. ECM put up capital to incubate a new business inside one of our portfolio companies. This is exactly what we've done across service finance and triad. Um, in the fourth quarter, ECM successfully exited our initial credit card investments in a transaction with SLC. While this validates our process, um, and generated meaningful returns, the goal of creating a new business platform has been successful. Uh, finally, on page 24, we were reiterating our previous guidance from last quarter uh, for 21 and 22. We'll visit our 22 guidance at our upcoming investor day. With that, I'll turn to Michael. <clears throat> Thanks, John. Turning to page 26 and the Q3 consolidated operating highlights. Uh, as, as noted earlier, uh, service finance operating results are now presented as discontinued operations, and its assets and liabilities are classified as held for sale on the ECN balance sheet effective Q3. <clears throat> Triad originations of $299 million were up over 48% compared to the same prior year quarter, reflecting continuing strong growth in our manufactured housing business segment. And Q3 adjusted EBITDA of $26.8 million was up almost 46% compared to the prior year quarter, again, tr primarily driven by the strong growth at Triad. Q3 adjusted net income applicable to common shareholders was $19.4 million, or $0.06 cents per share, compared to $12.5 million, or $0.03 cents per share in the prior year quarter. Turning to page 27 in the balance sheet, key highlights uh, for the quarter are that total assets and total debt were both down compared to the previous quarter. Total assets down about $59 million, and total debt down by approximately $90 million. And the decrease in both assets and debt were primarily driven by the sale of held for trading assets at service finance. Uh, both assets and debt decreased subs uh, subsequent to Q, uh, quarter end, uh, Q2, as noted in our Q2 call, as a result of the sale of $173 million in held for trading uh, assets at service finance. Managed and advisory assets on a continuing basis were approximately $30.1 billion, comprised of uh, $3 billion at, uh, of managed loans at Triad and, and $27.1 billion in managed and advisory assets at KG. Now turning to page 28 in the income statement, key highlights are, again, as noted, Q3 2021 adjusted EPS was six, $0.06 cents per share, which was above analyst consensus for Q3 of $0.05 cents per share. And Q3 2021 adjusted EBITDA was $26.8 million compared to the $18.4 million in Q3 2020. Again, a 46% year-over-year increase, primarily driven by growth at Triad. And turning to page 29 and operating expenses, key highlights are higher business segment operating expenses were primarily driven by the growth and originations, managed assets, and new products at Triad. Corporate expenses of $4.6 million are down compared to the previous quarter, primarily due to the allocation of corporate G&A attributable to SSC to discontinued operations. Legacy business expenses of 1.3 million were offset by legacy business revenues of approximately 1.3 million. 
And then finally, turning to page 27 and discontinued operations. As noted, SFC operating results are now reported uh, as discontinued operations. Uh, and adjusted EBITDA of 25.1 million attributable to SF SFC includes approximately 4.5 million of corporate and transactional costs, but was still up compared to the 17.8 million in the previous year, reflecting the strong year-over-year -year growth of service finance. And just the service finance business remains strong and its overall performance remains in line with our original 2021 guidance range. And with that, I'll pass it back to Steve. <clears throat> Thank you, Michael. On, on slide 32, I'd like to highlight five things. First, obviously, is that we are on track to, uh, to close the service finance transaction and to pay a dividend before year-end. Second, the six cents, as Michael noted, was a, was a beat, and we have continued strength going into, into the fourth quarter. Third is the, uh, the launch of our partnership with SLC, affiliated with Blackstone. That's an important, uh, it's an important strategic development for Scott Shaw. I want to reach out and thank uh, Scott and his team for, taking, for getting that done. And coterminous with that was the sale of our remaining credit card assets to, to SLC. Big step forward. Number four is that ECN was active in repurchasing common stock in Q3 and the NCIB. You can assume that we will continue to use the NCIB to create additional value for our shareholders. And Michael and his team successfully issued with Randy 86.25 million of senior unsecured, which is was going to be used to uh, to retire the preferred shares, uh, portion of preferred shares coming due at year end. And with that, operator, we're ready for questions. Certainly, we'll now begin the question and answer session. Taking questions from the phone lines. If you have a question, please press star then one on your telephone keypad. You'll hear a tone acknowledging your request. If you're using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing any keys. To withdraw your question, please press star then two. Our first question is from Stephen Boland with Raymond James. Please go ahead. Oh, hi guys. Uh, two quick questions. First on uh, Triad. <clears throat> seen the progression in the revenue yield. I think, I think it's up another 17 basis points this quarter on numbers. I'm, I'm just wondering what, uh, you know, is that going to continue? What's driving that? Obviously, it's probably a mix of business. Maybe you could just explain that. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Yeah, Steve. I think you're. If I if I understand the question, you've got increased revenue or, or increased margin on our on the sale of our loans. Is that the question? Yeah, yeah. So we, we we've had uh, we've been able to with the with the institutions buying the loans. The demand is unprecedented for our loan product. We're able to get better deals. Steve. 
So I think you can assume that'll continue into into 22. You know, if we, if we had if we had two and a half three billion of loans from Triad in 22, which we don't, unfortunately, they all be sold this evening. So we've been able to use that competitive tension to get uh, modest improvement in terms and higher margin. Okay, so when Steve, when I look at like total revenue versus your average managed portfolio, that's really the driver of that increased ratio. Is is just the uh, the gain? Well, I'm sure the gain on sale, but the margin on sale. Correct. Yeah. 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 Steve, uh, I was just going to say, I mean, if, you, if you look at re revenues, are made up in, in, uh, of three components, right? So origination revenue uh, in the quarter represented about seven point seven point three percent, which you know is up a decent chunk year over year. It's sort of flattish, maybe down even a little bit from from last quarter, but it's still elevated overall. That's what she's talking to. There's just a lot of demand for these assets. Uh, the servicing servicing income running annualized around 53 basis points is about flat with last quarter. And yes, floor plan income is higher than it has been previously. So uh, because you know balances are up and it's something you know we've turned it over a little bit faster. So um, that that's what accounts for uh, the revenues in the quarter. It actually looks kind of kind of in line to me to where it was to where it was last quarter, though. Um, Revenues still are accelerating faster than expenses, so you saw the EBITDA margins jump to 56% for the quarter. Okay. Uh, and then just a question on your uh, your guidance for, for Triad on 2021. Uh, like Q4 would then have to be, you know, I guess not say well below, but certainly below Q3 to, to get to the even to the top end of the range. Um, you mentioned it, sorry, in the comments. But so... It, for expected to be down sequentially in terms of no, we, we we expect to have a strong fourth quarter for triad okay yeah it, hence hence my comment steve that we will beat expectations in the fourth quarter okay so yeah, I mean, um, obviously obviously you look at the guidance and what we've reported year to date it would imply something like 6.6 .6 to 9 million for for the third quarter just to get to the guidance range we, we clearly expect to be above that at this point um, but, you know, we, we, we updated guidance last quarter, and we got the investor day on January 25th, so we'll readdress all our guidance then. Okay. That's all for me. Thanks, guys. Our next question is from Vincent Kantik with Stevens. Please go ahead. Hey, thanks. Uh, good evening. Thanks for taking my questions. I guess first on uh, Triad, it's nice to see the origination growth and then moreover the really high backlog growth. Um, just wondering when you think about maybe some of these delays, and good to hear that the uh, the plants are going back online, but, um, you know, how much have the delays maybe impacted business? And if you would maybe have normalized um, some of those, uh, what would have originations been? And, you know, is there basically demand here that we could see coming through as these um, factories come back online? It's the, uh, the, most of the delays are caused by the lack of labor as opposed to supplies. The, the, it's, there's been a challenge to get carpenters and electricians and plumbers back in the plant depending upon the particular state and, and that state's unemployment assistance. It, it, as you know, it's been a state-by-state -state issue. Some of the states have turned it off sooner than others. And that's, that's what's driving the, the idle or the mothball plants to come back online. H hard to say you know what if how to normalize it um, you know i think i think these additional plants coming back online i referenced skylines conference call for you will have material impact and i think that's the 
the driver to our 1.5, you know, high end of our guidance next year. I'm not being as crisp as I should be, but that's 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 the information we have in front of us right now. Yeah, I would say that we've started to see um, potentially some ease on the labor side, as you've seen a number of the stimulus programs start to start to end around the country. In certain areas of the country, you, you've started to see some labor statistics that are looking a little bit better. Um, obviously, the um, plants that are coming online, these are, these are plants that weren't online previously. It's not like they were made uh, previously on and went idle. These are older plants or, in some cases, new plants. But this is to expand capacity because demand is still running uh, very, very high. So um, I don't know exactly what it would have been had all this stuff been running full out, but um, we, we still we feel pretty good about where we are and where we're going into next year. Okay, that's helpful. Thank you. And yeah, it's it's sort of like um, you know with different types of products, it seems like sometimes uh, demand gets squashed alongside with supply. So um, so that's helpful. Thank you. Um, I guess switching to KG now, so a very interesting uh, CCIM partnership. I just wonder if you could maybe talk about the economics in more detail. Um, not sure if uh, ECN has equity in the SLC partnership, so I guess that's one. And then the loan sales um, or the $450 million do get gains um, as you contribute those loans, sell those loans into the partnership. And then, um, you know, the appetite for, you talked about one to three billion. Um, not sure if that's just with this one partnership or if there's more opportunities, more demand from other funds um, to grow that. Thank you. Okay. Uh, thanks, Vincent. So, um, yeah, we're really excited about this uh, partnership with, um, uh, and uh, we did do a, um, we closed on a portfolio of about 450 million of assets as part, as part of the launch of this, as well as sold our, uh, our previous assets. We, we, the terms aren't disclosed. We can't talk about exactly what um, our economics look like in this business. But as you can imagine, and as some of the slides say, if you think about it from a generic perspective, we think management fees look something like 75 to 100 basis points. And on top of that, there's a performance fee, which is kind of structured like a typical fixed income fund type performance fee where there's a hurdle rate of return and above that you earn a sort of percentage on, on that rate of return. So um, we hope to have more information and be able to talk some more at, at Investor Day. Um, Oh, and um, yeah, yeah, it's, you think about it as like a traditional sort of asset management type relationship. We're just getting paid fees to be the manager uh, of that or of, of that of that process. We're, we're not making any investment uh, here. There's no capital. So um, pretty, pretty straightforward. Very exciting partnership. Okay, perfect. Very helpful. Uh, thanks so much, guys. Sure. Once again, if you have a question, please press star then one. Our next question is from Tom McKinnon with BMO Capital. Please go ahead. Yeah, thanks very much, and thanks for taking my call or my question here. Um, questions with respect to the corporate expenses for 604 in the quarter. Just wondering how you're thinking about uh, those things now that uh, service finance would be gone. What should we be looking at, uh, sort of looking into next year with respect to the corporate expenses? And uh, and then while you're at it, maybe you can talk. Is, is there any preliminary thoughts you can tell us about where you think you might be positioning the dividend, uh, the common dividend going forward as well? Thanks. Hi, hi Tom and Steve. We we were on the record last quarter saying the guidance for corporate expenses going forward next year was $12 million, and that remains unchanged. And then the, we've also on the record saying that we would we will have a dividend 
going forward, we will review that dividend policy and payout ratio at investor day, but there will be a dividend. Yeah, Tom, my, my whole, whole life has been three things in the last 60 days, close, close, close. <laughs> so we're, you know, we're on track to get this transaction closed, and I think and we'll be able to give you clarity on your further depth on your questions when we see you in January. Is there, is there any reason, Steve, why the corporate expenses were, were so much higher? I assume that corporate line excludes the, the service finance business. Why was that sort of higher than the run rate of $3 million you're, ta- you're looking at for next year? Uh, Tom, it's Michael. Uh, we, well, it's, it's, the overall run rate has been consistent since all year. We obviously still in the pro, we're still managing service finance right now, and as I said, we're focused on closing the business. So the, the run rates uh, has generally been consistent and, and is not reflective of uh, our planning for 2022. Okay, so when you talk about any legacy there, that's not associated with any of the service finance. So really, the uh, the 4.6 goes down to a run rate of three, just strictly as we lose the service finance and business. Is that is that the way to think that? Well, that's as we go through the uh, the planning exercise to reduce our overhead. Yes, that's that's the number that'll go down to three. Uh, okay. All right. So even though we ex discontinued operations, the corporate expenses are not really ex the discontinued operations. Is that correct? Uh, well, those the, the ones that are in dis- are, are by definition going to go away when service closes okay all right so you still stand by three million a quarter looking forward on that okay thanks so much then our next question is from Jamie Gloin with National Bank Financial please go ahead yeah hi good evening um, I, I just wanted to confirm I heard this correctly the, uh, the, the SLC partnership is with uh, with Blackstone and uh, and yourselves is there any other partners involved at this time do you expect to get uh, more demand from other partnerships into that uh, into that SLC partnership or is that just gonna stay the two of you at this time it, it yeah SLC is affiliated with Blackstone you heard that right we're the only two partners at the table are us and SLC. We see it as a very deep partnership. As you know, our relationship with Blackstone started at Service Finance with a billion-dollar-plus program to purchase uh, loans through service. I think it's safe to ass- – you can assume this partnership is expanding. Um, okay, great. And today it's $450 million of credit card loans uh, in the in the presentation that you, you kind of stated that there could be other unsecured loans as well. Um, can you give us a little bit of color as to maybe uh, what you're thinking about on that front and, uh, and yeah. the potential timing for other loans getting into that uh, relationship? Yeah, as you appreciate, Jamie, that we do have an active pipeline. Um, I'm not going to get into the size this evening because it is a competitive process in some of these transactions. We think we've got a, a great partner in, um, in SLC and uh, – so we'll, we'll we'll give we'll give a little more color on pipeline when we see you at Investor Day. Right now, it's the right now. This is what's this is what's been approved by our partner to say. Okay, great. Uh, that's uh, that's good for me then. Thank you very much. As there are no further questions registered, this concludes today's conference call. You may disconnect your lines. Thank you for participating, and have a pleasant day.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com podcast. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.